0: This podcast is brought to you by Harry's. Please visit harrys.com and use the promo code GOT to get $5 off your starter kit. Game of Thrones podcast, the officially unofficial podcast for Game of Thrones on HBO. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And we're doing a little bit of feedback here. We got some non-spoilery stuff, a little bit of that, and then we get a big old fat spoiler section. Sure. The dayron's going to take over cuz I'm a spoiler virgin.
1: Yeah, that's the thing. People might be confused. Hey, I thought this week was the spoiler cast. It is, but we have a little bit of non-spoiler stuff that uh, we want to talk about. Primarily about uh, you know, we asked for fans reactions to the books uh, being surpassed by the series they're not surpassed mm-hmm. being leapfrogged Surpass seems to imply a, a <laughs> quality. Difference in quality yeah, yeah. whereas it's more just a chronological displacement that's going on here mm-hmm. but yeah i'll talk about that for a little bit uh you've obviously seen now that we've got new music um i know that that will please some of you and probably displease some of <laughs>
0: you i think it will please more people than it will displease We got a lot of hate mail
1: yeah we got a lot Um. of people saying stfu i like the aria's prayer (laughs) the the thing is is the aria's prayer is uh officially licensed to someone else and yeah i'd prefer to use uh music that we can get a license to elsewhere so like i said i don't think it's going to please everybody but we were able to secure uh the rights to use a little bit of uh the track you just heard which is the 80s tv theme remix of game of thrones which i thought was appropriate yeah i love it man aka uh throne wolf (laughs) okay because it's kind of like an air a very airwolf theme night throner and i reached out to highway superstar uh which is the guy who uh, the group that composed this rather and they graciously agreed to let us use a, a portion of it for intro and outro music so really appreciate that you can find the this particular track, which is also in the show notes. It takes you right to the track uh, on SoundCloud. But you can also get to their SoundCloud site at soundcloud.com slash highway superstar. It's all one word spelled exactly how you think it's uh, spelled. Okay. And uh, I think it's really cool. It's fitting for our television coverage here. So we're going to be talking about primarily up front uh, people's reactions. I asked people to give me their reaction about the, the books flip-flopping. Before we get to that, uh, some people asked me about the progress on the Night's Watch. If you joined <laughs> us before last season, you'll know that I did a Game of Thrones podcast with a co-host, Mad Brew. We called it the Night's Watch, and uh, it's pretty good. But uh, for various reasons, we could not come to agreement to continue our Season 4 coverage and uh madrew asked for me to delist all that stuff and do a bunch of editing and to put it back honestly guys um i ran into a couple problems with that number one i just don't have the time to do that many seasons worth of remixing also when i download these things were in co- mp3s encoded at 64 kps mm-hmm. which is kind of marginal you know radio quality anyway when you go and down and that's the only copy I have, I down deleted foolishly all the um full quality WAV files of the podcast. When you take those and edit them and then remix them down again, they sound like ass. Yep. Like you're underwater. At this point, I would prefer, and it would probably take about as much time commitment to go back and redo those seasons with Jim here. Holy shit. I know. Not for me, it wouldn't. Well, <laughs> sure, and that is a consideration, an important one to be sure. But uh, I think that, and I don't know, I'm not promising that. I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm just saying that if I'm going to invest a unit of time hmm. called X, I would rather do X plus X divided by two, because I think that's it's about 50% more work to just go ahead and re-record it than to uh, you know do a botched copy. Yeah. So kind of a bummer on that. Um, there might be places online uh, where you can find old archive copies, but, um, you know, that would be your personal quest.
0: Mm, not officially sanctioned.
1: No, no, I can't exactly give you uh, Oath Keeper and send you <laughs> out into the Seven Realms looking for those. All right. Anyway, uh, I thought it was interesting that a couple of things have happened in the kind of Game of Thrones online activities in the last few weeks number one george r R. martin released another preview chapter uh for the winds of winter in the last Mm -hmm. week or two which we're going to talk more about in the splither section Uh, i've not read that yet but i've got some theories about why he might have released it the time he did (laughs) Uh, and i'm hoping to get around to reading that by next week Uh, george also posted on his live journal um talking about um he made a comment a a person talked talking about you know how bummed they were about the books being leapfrogged by the shows and the, the fan was calling it a betrayal of the source material. Hmm. He said, is it kind of awkward? Sure. Is it a betrayal? I think that's harsh and unkind and untrue. So the author himself, I think, has come, you know as we talked in the last podcast, full circle on this and has come to a fairly nuanced view and has at peace with
0: it. And I think as fans, maybe we can try to get there, too. But yeah, as, as someone who's not going to read the books, I it might end up weird for book readers. But honestly, I don't really care. I mean, that's kind of my perspective as, you know, just a TV show fan. I I don't know that it's going to make necessarily a bad TV show. Sure. I, I Like I said last time, I am a little worried. But ultimately, they've made a good show up to now. So
1: yeah. Uh, let's get two fans' takes. One is uh, Connor McInerney. He wrote in, said, I have mixed feelings about this as I've been a book fan since I first read them in 2005. My first reaction was, no, the show should wait for the books to be released. But after seeing that Martin has given them the intensive crash course of what's going to happen with Thrones, I realized the destination will ultimately be the same. And looking at it, they can't stop the show as people like Dinklage could go on to other projects and Maisie Williams would have to be recast. So I think they have it in the right direction. Also, the Double Ds have said that Martin has to give the go-ahead with plot deviations. To conclude, I will watch the show with excitement as the show will spoil the book, but go on its own journey, as will the book, but both will reach the same destination. Plus, the idea that I can know what will happen to these characters soon does really excite me. Yeah. I feel like I, I'm i a show-first reader and that <laughs> I watched the first two seasons that any book knowledge, then read uh up to the point where the series you know caught up to the books and then I kind of stalled out with feast and dragon and I made another attempt and I've kind of come back but I appreciated the show before the book so I'm in a weird position where I've kind of seen both halves of this path and I guess that's my thing is as long as we're heading to the same direction um I don't mind them taking deviations I'm not sure which I would consider canon but that's a
0: good question yeah
1: and, and you know There're going to be a bunch of deviations this year, so I guess this is kind of going to be a barometer for us book fans going forward to see you know how faithfully they translate this next season. Are we okay at the changes? How much faith do we have that they can go forward with even less guidance?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Martin does seem to has seemed committed in the last week or two to finishing the winds of winter by this time in two thousand and sixteen, which means we essentially going into the sixties and stave off the if he can do that, uh, we stave off the danger of, you know, all the books being the remaining books being spoiled there. So there'd be only one final book left. And I guess if he can do that, I would feel a lot better about it because that's just essentially a little bit of this season and one final season, which the beginnings and ends of things always seem to be the easiest things to write. It's okay. always the middle stuff where you're trying to connect things. that's that's tough. So I think that we wouldn't have to wait too long for the final book. Uh, tentatively called a dream of spring. Mm-hmm. And I think that the double D's will have a lot more guidance at that point because he'll know exactly yeah. where they're going. And Luis Wolf has another take. I said, I know a lot of people are fussed about the show overtaking the books, but I'm really excited and I hope that they do diverge. I was a fan of the show full metal alchemist back in the day, as was I. This was an anime show based on a manga of the same type or same name. The show quickly outpaced the comics and simply broke with its source material to see the show through to a satisfying end. A few years later, the manga was finished and a new TV show was made that followed that version of events. The result was that I got to watch the characters I love go through a whole different set of adventures. If the same happens with Game of Thrones, we as fans simply get more story to enjoy. Many forms of media have the option for more than one ending or version of events, all of which are considered canon. As for the issue of who has the right to tell the story and who has the skill, George R.R. Martin has clearly given enthusiastic permission for the show to exist, and the Double Ds haven't uh, disappointed us so far with their changes from or additions to the source material. Personally, I don't care about which version of things is correct, as long as it is an enjoyable
0: journey. That seems like a reasonable viewpoint. Do you think... (laughs) Like, I don't care which one is correct quote-unquote correct what if the finishes
1: are entirely different let's let's say yeah you know and this is not me speaking from spoilers let's say that Jon Snow at the end of the series sits on the Iron Throne and the books Daenerys sits on the Iron Throne okay is are you cool with that because she's saying like well this is just two different looks at different continuity and what's canon I don't know that I would be cool with that 'Cause I'd always wonder hmm. I'd always suspect foul play of Martin. I was always expect I'd suspect him of intentionally or maybe unintentionally altering the ending just because he didn't want it to be exactly like the T V show.
0: Has he it doesn't seem like he's too concerned about that, right? I mean, with with the way this TV show has been going, it seems to track almost exactly with the books, doesn't it? yeah and, so you I, don't, know, I don't know that he would be like oh i can't do this because that that seems more like a walking dead sort of thing to do hmm. don't want it to be exactly like the comics I, I don't i don't see george martin doing that i don't have a good handle on his personality
1: because like last year yeah. all his interviews seemed angry and petulant about this topic <laughs> and now all of his interviews are kind of conciliatory and accepting and i don't know where that's just a natural reaction when you're child is being taken from you or yeah. th- that's your first instinct to feel that way or it, whether uh hbo and the double d's put a bag over his head and took him uh, to a glacier in iceland and uh you know strapped him naked out into the white waste until he <laughs>
0: said he's going to get on script and drink the kool-aid uh-huh. i don't i don't know yeah I, it would be really weird um to have it diverge that much i think but at the same time uh, I've seen it happen in Walking Dead, and it doesn't bother me very much. And and the thing, especially is, as someone who's isn't going to read the original, stuff. right? And I guess it's different with a anime
1: or cartoon series because you can just read. You can have a series too, which is like a what if, you know, kind of like Marvel would sure. used to do, like what yeah. if Professor Xavier became the Juggernaut? Uh, <laughs> you know, uh-huh. what if uh, Peter Parker's uncle was never killed? Mm. That's interesting because you can draw the characters, and they're kind of timeless. You know, if, if Martin takes another five to six years to come out with this and everybody's moved on and you have to recast all these people, I don't I I, I guess there's nothing saying HBO would be interested in readapting the material. Number one, number two, if they did, yeah. I don't know if I'd
0: be interested in watching it. That's the thing. I I don't think I, I'm with the first emailer. I don't think they can just hold off on this. Yeah. And say we're going to wait until he finishes the books. because sure. There are a host of problems with that. Yeah. Um. But I, honestly, I do not care how much it diverges from the books because the show has been so good, and it, it doesn't. It just doesn't matter to me personally. I know there would be a lot of people upset by it, of mm-hmm. course. Okay. All right. Well, that is kind of the non-spoiler
1: section. Uh, before we get into the official spoiler section of the podcast, we have an official sponsor. We do for the podcast this week. Would you care to tell us about it? Because I'm gonna have to uh kind of be like you in the spoiler section recuse myself. Yeah,
0: what are you shaving your face with these days? Nothing.
1: Nothing. Nothing. Not a thing. What did you used to shave it with? Just boring household razors. The last time I shaved, which has been years ago, I was using a like a Don Draper era classic double-edged Merker razor manufactured in Germany uh, and some kind of Israeli blade. That sounds pretty good. Yeah. It's pretty good. It was it it, it was uh you know, uh a retro, um it was cheap. It was effective. What, was
0: it made out of Valerian steel? It was not made out of Valerian steel. All right. Well, neither are the razors that I'm going to talk about, but I <laughs> thought it was a good joke. Uh, Harry's is our sponsor this week, as you know from the top of the show. Only
1: three Smiths authorized the entire world to rework the Valerian steel and, into razor blades. They're all German. <laughs> they're all German. <laughs>
0: None of them work at Harry's. No. Uh, no, they all do. They all do. Um, so Harry's is kind of awesome. I've been using them for. A uh, couple, couple, three months now. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they have really, really good quality products. Like I've tried other mail order razor products. These are way better, way better, both in presentation and feel and everything. Um, they have a deal right now where you can get a starter kit from them for not $15, not with our code. With our code, you get it for 10 bucks. That Holy includes shit. the handle, three razors, and your choice of either the shaving... Gel or the shaving cream, mm. um, so which, whichever you prefer. There, I, I don't know what that's made out of. That's probably made out of some kind of dragon something. Wildfire? No, no, I wouldn't <laughs> want to put that on my face. <laughs> Definitely not wildfire in those bottles. Uh, but I, I really like the stuff. I, it's really just a quality product. It's you can feel how well made it is when you hold it. Uh, way better than those other places, trust Uh-oh. me. Uh, so right now, if you go to Harry's.com, h a r r y s dot .com and use our code GOT you can get $5 off that starter kit so it's only 10 bucks it's 50%. That's a big big actually it's 33% off but you know
1: I'm not actually I percentages <laughs> elude me. Okay. I don't I'd never forged my chain at the the Meister's uh, tower, Citadel for mm. uh, mathematics. All right. But do you know all about wildfire on your face apparently?
0: Sure, yeah, I got the Valerian the Valerian link on lock. It's good stuff. It's it's really high-quality products, um, and they're cheap. I can and vouch for it. Jim's they, they face They always have free shipping, too. So.
1: Jim's face is slick as a wet baby seal. Sure. Har-har. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right, so check it out. Harrys.com. Use the code GOT. Get $5 off the starter kit.
1: All right. Well, thank you, sir. I will dismiss you from service, and uh, we oh, will play... Right the uh, fantastic highway superstars 80s remix of game of thrones maybe
0: i could just sit in this one time on this gigantic spoiler section no no, no. Uh, it's one of those things where it. it's
1: like uh, once you stare at the sun you're blind and you can't All right. you can't you can't see again
0: fine i'm out of here
1: I dug up all of the spoiler sections from last year and found the time codes for all of the tinfoil sections because I had a lot of people saying that they wanted to re-listen to those and it's kind of pain to try to find them. I know, shit, it took me quite a while. Uh, But I I created a forum post at forums.baldmove.com in the Game of Thrones section. It's called the Spoiler Archive. And I'm going to keep adding to that as I add new ones, but I've got uh, kind of an archive of all the topics, uh, just a rundown on those, uh, so people, if the, they're just joining us for the podcast this year, uh, if you hear one that perks your interest, uh, you can go back and and listen to them. For the episode 400, which was the se- season four premiere or uh, preview cast rather, at the one hour thirty mark on the dot is the R plus L equals J theory. Um, at 401, one of my personal favorites, at the two hour nine minute ten second mark is the Roos Bolton, a.k.a. The Roos is Loose, a.k.a. Spruce Roos, a.k.a. Bolton, a.k.a. Roos Bolton Vampire Lord Theory. Uh, in episode 402, uh, at the hour 55 minute, 55 seconds, we considered Tyrion Lannister's Secret Targaryen. Episode 403, at the one hour 23 minute, 32 second mark, we did a deep dive on the various prophecies regarding Daenerys Targaryen. 404, at the one hour 29 minute, 20-second mark, we talked about The Wall, The knight's King, and Rethinking the Motivations of the Others. 405, at the two-hour, 35-minute, 20-second mark, we talked about Circe's Prophecy, uh, the Valonqar, and all that uh, business, the identity of said Valonqar. Uh, 406, at the one-hour, 50-minute, 50 50-second 50 mark, we talked about The Gravedigger Theory, a.k.a. Get Hype, uh, four oh seven at the one hour fifty seven minute and four second mark, we talked about the first part of the Grand Northern Conspiracy, which I thinking about revisiting this year. There was a third leg of that theory that I did not consider because well, a lot of, a lot of reasons. Uh I thought it was the least plausible one, or the one that was most kind of just based on You know, by the time I started getting an article ready to do the spoiler section, I kind of started talking myself out of that leg of the theory. But I think I might have another go at it and, you know, do a video on it with some maps and kind of do a whole overview of the entire Grand Northern Conspiracy. Because I do think it works better when you can kind of see the locations involved and where these things are actually happening. Uh, And 408 at the one hour, 27 minute and 40 second mark, uh, Grand Northern Conspiracy Part 2. Uh, 4.09 at the one hour, 44 minute, 10 second mark. We talked about Jake and Hagar, Sand Snakes and a Citadel and how those are all coming together in Dance of the Dragons. Uh, At the uh, episode 4.10 at the two hour, 26 minute, nine second mark. We talked about the High Septon's true identity, which we're going to touch on a little bit uh, this week as well. Uh, first. Spoiler take, or actually, no, sorry. Um, yeah, first spoiler take is from Tyler S., Tyler Shumway, who has... Uh, um, I've been playing a lot of uh, Destiny with him of late. Uh, in the Game of Thrones, or I'm sorry, the Night's Watch podcast. Jeez. In the Walking Dead podcast that uh, Jim and I do, I did a call for uh, PS4 Guardians uh, from the Destiny series because i just gotten into the game with my son, and I was looking for guys to raid with, and I got a lot, a lot of friends requests Um, it's cool to be able to jump on and play with dudes whenever I get a chance, which is going to be not a lot in the next two or three weeks. But if you want to get on that, you can go to destiny.baldmove.com to get my screen name and kind of uh, what I'm looking for and add me there if you're interested. Anyway, Tyler's been taking advantage of that and he sent in an email to kind of recap of season four and has his thoughts and speculations for series five, season five. He said, I just finished rewatching season four and wanted to gather my thoughts before the new season. Um, he said, Arya, we leave her at, at the end of season four with Arya walking away from a dying Sandor Clegane and sailing off to Bravos. I'm thinking her training in the House of Black and White will be pretty straightforward adaptation from the books. I feel her arc and feast and dance is by far the most concise and entertaining and won't require too many changes. Then again, who knows what will happen if they go into Winds of Winter Territory. I agree with you. Um in fact, Arya was uh when I kinda gave up on Feast, I continued skipping ahead and reading her uh segments and, and both that and dances with dragons, just or a dance with dragons, just to because I was so interested in that and that kinda got me through the books in a kind of skipping around fashion. Um one thing that I've been seeing a lot on Reddit is people speculating about how and why George Martin is releasing the Winds of Winter chapters that he's doing. And if you'll recall before last season, he released the Mercy chapter, the preview chapter, uh, which blended a lot of what actually happened with her and uh, uh, Sandor at uh, the inn where she in the, bu- in the TV show murders uh, Polliver. In the books, in the Mercy chapter, she murders uh, Raft the Sweetling in a much very similar manner. And a lot of people are speculating that George is trying to stay ahead of the show at least a little bit. So when there's signature moments in the series, he can drop a preview chapter that kind of covers some form of that. So the book readers can not, if they're really passionate about it, can avoid being spoiled by the show. They're essentially spoiling parts of The Winds of Winter. Uh, To do that but if you again if you feel Like this is George story to tell That's something you can do Um, He just released a Sansa chapter uh, Less than two weeks ago before this Season a lot of people speculating You know we talked in the spoiler section last year That we're kind of at the end of Sansa's story Or very close to the end uh, By the time we got out of uh, the Last season If we plunge forward with her we're going to be getting into Winds uh, of winter territory So a lot of people are thinking that um, this is some preview material for things that we're going to see Sansa doing in this season. And I kind of like that. Um, If there is another chapter two that drops that covers some other topics that we'll be getting into this season, you know, we'll talk about that on the Splitter podcast. But um, I'm pretty excited for uh, to see how Sansa progresses. Continuing on with Tyler's email, he's talking about sansa heard himself he said we saw sansa last fully embracing her role as a lane in preparation for robin's tour of the Vale. we're already getting into winds of winter territory with the storyline and i can only assume we will see the tragic accidental quote-unquote death of robin and the marriage of sansa and lord baelish this will make littlefinger lord of both the Vale and winterfell i believe he will then attempt to unite north and the Vale against the boltons and frays with the ultimate goal of taking king's landing of course, Daenerys, Stannis, and White Walkers are major wild cards in determining how any part of this plan actually plays out. Continuing with Jon Snow, we last see Jon staring at Melisandre over a fire of burning corpses after Mance Raider and Free Folk have surrendered to Stannis. Season 5 will likely begin with Stannis offering Jon Winterfell and Jon becoming instead Lord Commander. After that, they will likely condense a lot of Dance of Dragons materials and focus mostly on the treaty with the Wildlings. The season will end, of course, with Jon getting stabbed. I don't expect any Winds of Winter spoilers here. Then again, I'm sure the Double Ds will want at least one appearance from the White Walkers, if at all possible. Yeah, it's, it would be weird and kind of unprecedented for them to not make a single appearance um, in an entire season. They kind of got shoehorned in last year with the, uh, you know, look forward all the way, 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 way north at the northern end of the world. And we saw the birth of a, a White Walker. I don't, I'm not sure how they'd fit in, but then again, I didn't see that coming into last year either. Uh, you know, a lot of exciting things going on with John this season. Um, I think we've talked about that. There's not a ton. There's not, it doesn't seem like there's many fan pleasing moments in these in this season coming up as there were in previous seasons, other than Aria stuff. But um, the wall provides a lot of those uh, signature moments, you know, uh, Ed fetch me a block is one that I'm really looking forward to getting rid of Jano slint. So we'll see how they handle that Bran, Bran is last seen of Mira Hodor, the green seer and the lame ass three eyed crow inside a weird wood heart tree. Jojen dies after skeleton stabs him repeatedly Mira slits his throat and the green seer incinerates him with a fireball. I'm pretty sure it's been confirmed that Bran will not be in the season. This might not seem like a huge deal, but it also means no Hodor. Um, I I don't know that I buy anything that's been confirmed. Um, you know, people have been saying on the forums that Lady Stoneheart's confirmed that she's not going to be in this season or even in the series at all. But that just blows my mind because I don't see how if if you get rid of Lady Stoneheart, I don't know what you do with Brienne, and I don't know how you get Jamie back in the plot, especially with the wholesale changes that they're making to Jamie's character. Uh, this season or at least you know not his character uh the the plot that he's got to do in this season i i don't know like i said i know a lot of people said it's confirmed that brand's not going to be in the season um and i guess i'll take those confirmations more seriously going forward in the new seasons if it turns out that's the the truth but just with how you know much problems they had with brand aging in the role last year if we go a whole year without seeing him uh, that is going to be a problem, I think I mean, and there are things that they can show him doing. They can show him mastering his talents and being tootled, uh being trained under tutelage of the three eyed crow. I do hope, as I said in the previous uh preview chapter that they do increase the visual appeal of the three eyed crow, make him more creepy and make him more fitting uh with the Uh, description he's got in the book, because I think he's a very ambiguous character. Uh, I'm not, you know, reading the books, I don't think you can be entirely sure whose side he's on, uh, what he's actually trying to do with Bran, what kind of morality we're dealing with, Stuff like that, and and I think it's interesting, and I, I can't see how they can get away from that for an entire season. Tyler continues, Rickon. Rickon, Asha, and Shaggy Dog set off to an unknown location after parting from Bran in Season 3. I have a strange suspicion that we will see them this season. I'm not sure to what extent we will have Davo's start storyline, but I can totally see him making it to Greywater Watch and meeting Rickon and Asha by the end of the season. That would suppose that we are introduced to the Manderly storyline. And um, I would definitely like to see that. That touches on a little bit of the Grand Northern Conspiracy. And I would be very interested to see how far they progress with that storyline, because that might be able to tell us a lot about what Martin is intending to do uh, and whether the Grand Northern Conspiracy is uh, actually has legs to stand on. Theon. We last see Theon with Ramsay and Roose Bolton as they head to Winterfell. I'm hoping we get in the winds of winter on this storyline since it feels like a story arc GRRM didn't have time to wrap up in Dance of Dragons. I'm sure fake Arya marrying Ramsay and Reek's escape will be major points of focus. Here again, if they go with this storyline, which they have to with Theon and Ramsay and Roose and the wedding, and they don't include you know, Bran's kind of revelations uh, and seeing some of this stuff through the weirwood tree... I, I don't see how they do that without having Bran in it, or it's a missed opportunity to tie those two plots together and give it some some significance and poignancy, uh, I think. Cersei. I'm very much looking forward to seeing how they handle her plots and paranoia this season. Given Marjorie's larger role in the show versus the books, I expect a pretty epic showdown between the two of them. I'm sure we at least get to Cersei's walk of shame, but it would be awesome if we got to see her trial by combat, especially if the Clegane Bowl theory is confirmed. I doubt we'll get to see that far, uh, but it's been pretty much confirmed with, uh, you know, preseason coverage and leaks from shooting locations and stuff like that, that we're going to see her walk a shame, which I'm interested to see how far they take that in the show. Uh, are they actually going to shave Cersei's head? Um, you know, are they actually going to make her walk naked? Uh, how brutal is that going to be? I am also interested in seeing her paranoia because that was one of that was one of the moments of like real shot and fraud. We were able to feel in the uh, Game of Thrones series to see how the difference between Cersei's image of herself and how self-satisfied and how intelligent she thought she was and how masterful all her moves were. And seeing actually every single thing she's doing making the realm more and more unsafe and unstable and gradually dismantling all of the power that Tywin had been building carefully over the course of his entire life. All of his his dreams and his architected plans being uh, brought to ruin by Cersei's pride and ignorance and uh, paranoia. I'm also interested in seeing what Lena Headey does with that material because I think this is some stuff that she can really sink her teeth into and have fun with, and uh, by extension, it'll be interesting for us to watch. Jamie, we last see Jamie rescuing Tyrion and leaving him on friendly terms, which is certainly uh, different from the books, which you know a lot of people have mixed feelings or negative emotions about. But if what I've read on the forums is true, Tyler continues. Jamie will be partially taking the role of Sir Arius Okhart and heading to Dorne. I doubt Jamie will meet the same end as Sir Okhart, and I'm not sure why he would support Marcella's claim over Tommins if they go that route. I actually have an idea with that, because I don't think it's going to be quite the same plot that Okhart had. I think it's going to be a blend of Okhart and Balin Swan. So man. I guess I feel like that this is going to be Jamie trying to slowly uncover the fact that they're trying to use Marcella in this way and somehow try to prevent it and stop it. I'm very interested in seeing how uh, Alexander Siddig, which I don't know if that's how you actually pronounce his name, uh, who we last saw, or at least I last saw, as Dr. Bashir from Star Trek uh, Deep Space Nine, as uh, Prince Doran of Dorn, And I'd like to see kind of how... He plays that fairly unassuming yet very wily character who's just as passionate about vengeance in his way as his brother was. Um, I have no idea this is the biggest this is the biggest change, and this is where I guess I'm looking the most to see whether I'm gonna put faith in the double D's of translating this going forward. if they can re- fundamentally change what Jamie is doing this much in the television series and manage all of that plot in a believable way then i will be a lot more excited and a lot more relaxed about the end seasons as they fold going forward than i am right now which i'm kind of nervous and afraid uh he continues uh if they do change the plot line completely that it wouldn't over wait he continues for all i know he could travel with quentin to marine and steal one of danny's dragons This change actually makes a lot of sense, though, since Jamie's victories in a Trident can easily be cut from the larger story, and he can still meet up with Brienne before the end because her arc this season is also up in the air. Uh, I mean, he can go to Marine and try to steal one of Danny's dragons. Um, I just, you know, that again, the only problem I have with this is it makes me question with Dance of Dragons and Feast of Crows being so a huge book and so sprawling. If they're able to consolidate this, it essentially tells me, and they're able to get rid of Lady Stoneheart, which again I'm I'm not fully believing in. They're able to excise that much from these books and not change the storyline. It makes you wonder what the hell is the point? What the hell is the point of Jamie's wandering through the Riverlands, uh, bringing the king's peace? What the hell is the point of Brienne's quest for uh, Sansa and Arya? What is the point of sicking Brienne back on Jaime, and how are they going to make all this stuff work together like that? I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. That's those are the things that make me nervous. He continues. Tyrion. We last see Tyrion in a box sailing away with Varys after killing Shay and Tywin. I expect some major condensing of this arc. I'm sure we'll start in Pinto's with Magister Illyrio. Uh, he'll then meet Jorah shortly after that. They'll be sold into slavery and escape by joining the uh, Second Sons. Given the absence of Penny at Joffrey's wedding feast, I doubt she will be in the show. I'm not sure how long Varys will stick with him. IMDb indicates that they are together at least till Volantis. That's interesting too, because I've also heard it's confirmed that they're getting rid of the Aegon uh, and and uh, Griff plot lines of the books. Which again, um, that really consolidates Tyrion's path as he points out. But on the other hand. That's a major point of the books. It's also a kind of if you listen to the uh, tinfoil sections last year on Danny's prophecies, it's something that's really foreshadowed and a major part of, uh, of the overall arc of what I think Martin is trying to do when everything hits the fan in Westeros. And again, I just don't know how this all works. I don't care if we don't get Penny. Um, I think Penny is an interesting character in the books because it's kind of uh, um, you know, Tyrion feels sorry for himself as the son of Tywin Lannister and as his imp, but he kind of really sees what it's like for a dwarf in the in, in the in the world if you don't have riches and fame to kind of shield you from a little bit of that. Like, he's felt sorry for himself and felt like an outcast, but he's, he gets to feel what that's really like from her perspective. And I enjoyed that, but I don't you know, I don't think. I mean, part of the reason he had to do that in a book is because, uh, you know, Tyrion kind of was a borderline unsympathetic, unsympathetic, unsympathetic character uh, coming out of the last season as far as the books are coming out of uh, the, the last the last book I in the show, since he didn't kind of end things poorly with Jamie um, and his revenge against Shea and Tywin is as portrayed as entirely justified, I don't think you have to really do a lot of rehabilitation of his character, and he's a fan favorite. So, um, again, you know, it's one of those things where I don't know that all of the foresight we have as book readers is going to avail us much when we're talking about how these plots are going to move forward. He moves on to Daenerys. He said, we last saw Danny chaining her dragons after discovering Drogon had killed a little girl. They covered enough of Dance of Dragons in season four that they could include a lot of the remaining plot lines this season, though if they were to cut something, I would guess it would be the Pale Mare stuff. I'm sure her marriage to Hisdar will be a big focus, though I'm not sure how much Dario will play into things since their relationship seems fundamentally different in the show. I can see the Double D's saving the fighting pits for the finale, but I can also see them really condensing things and getting all the way through to the Battle of Marine. I... Oh, man uh i don't know I, that's something i'm also curious about the show watchers is so much and i tried to probe that with jim on the preview cast that we did last week the non-spoiler one our show watchers going to get really restless to see danny sitting around the marine for another full season but i was very surprised to hear jim say that no he's kind of invested and he doesn't mind uh spending more time in marine but I think there's going to be a lot of people that are like, good God, get on with it already. Uh, we want to see you dragging up. You got your army, you got your ships. Let's, let's go to Westeros and kick ass. I kind of see this happening. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, we could get rid of the whole plague arc and some of the other bureaucratic, um, difficulties that she has, you know, and just consolidate that with the sons of anarchy, not sons of anarchy, the son of the harpies and dealing with that. And, her uh, marriage to his dar and um, some of the changes she has to make to allow for the fighting pits to reopen and kind of struggling with her morality over that and um, ending with the fighting pit sequence and her flying off with the uh, uh, Drogon. I think that would be a hell of a climax to the season. So that's kind of what I'm looking for it to, uh, to kind of end with on the season. Podrick, last saw Pod aiming wait, uh, wandering aimlessly with Brienne after she beat the shit out of the Hound and immediately lost Arya. Pod will most likely go back to King's Landing, become Master Coin, and turn into a younger version of Tyrion. I think you're joking. <laughs> if not, my problem with Pod is that he just doesn't seem to be particularly bright. Or, I mean, he's a good guy. He's got a good heart. Uh, he's not that smart, and he's not that particularly skilled at anything and certainly not on the level of tyrion so you know and on the off chance you're serious on that i i would hate to see that i think that would turn into a farce he says overall this looks like a very entertaining season spoilers and all i agree um i i kind of worry that you know the se- the series might have peaked in the last two seasons and that this might be the first one where uh the audience for game of thrones kind of remain stagnant or if we do grow through this season then I'm very curious about what next season looks like because I can see this being a kind of off season every other season the Game of Thrones has steadily amped up um, you know up until the third season with the Red Wedding they didn't have anything perhaps that shock well I don't know um, there are several things kind of that shocking but they happen like every other episode in season four it was just this relentless brick breakneck pace I don't know that they're going to be able to sustain that in season five. And then some people might see that as a bit of a disappointment and maybe, maybe some of the game of Thrones fever will cool off. I'm certainly not hoping for that, obviously as a podcaster and as a fan of the show, but I could see that kind of starting to, to, to peak and crest similarly to what I've seen with, with uh, uh, the walking dead where it looks like they've hit this kind of ceiling. It's a huge ceiling, but you know they they it seems like you know 19 million was the high water mark and they've been averaging in the mid teens ever since i wonder if we'll continue to see 50 to 100% audience growth year over year with game of thrones how long they can sustain that and when the pacing is going to uh start working against them and the fact that you know game of thrones is not on netflix you know if you if if you don't have hbo uh, and don't have access to HBO Go, and are not willing to buy the DVDs or Blu-rays, and you're not technically proficient enough to pirate it, it's impossible to get. You can't get it on Hulu. You can't get it on uh, Netflix. Uh, I don't even think you can get the whole series on Amazon. I know they've got a a, a deal where they got some of the stuff, but certainly not the current seasons. So it's not going to benefit from the Netflix multiplier, that Mad Men, uh, Breaking Bad, Uh, and The Walking Dead have kind of relied on to where each season more and more people hear word of mouth and they can get caught up and binge watch. Uh, It'd be curious to see what becomes of this show's popularity. Anyway, thanks for sending that in, Tyler. Uh, Getting into Inver M, I've been seeing and reading a lot about this High Sparrow dude whom I could have swore I saw last season in Episode 7, I believe. This old man is dying and he gets all philosophical about nothing with Arya uh, and then is killed by the Hound, he says, "Is this the same actor?" Um, no, it's actually not. I mean, they look very similar. I can see where you're confused, but this isn't going to be like a return from the dead situation. It's 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 a new character and a new actor. Uh, he cites as an example: uh, you, if you remember, they killed off Tommen in season three as one of the Lannister cousins and brought him back in season four for a major role. So there is precedent. Um, I again I can see where you're making that mistake but the one of the cousins that they killed is Torin, which the way the Northmen pronounced it could have sounded a little bit like Tommen and you know Lannister cousins as they usually are uh, all kind of uh, blonde haired uh, blue-eyed Nazi poster boy type uh, characters so I can see where you could get confused but Tommen who becomes king uh, in season four, is not the same character as Torrin Lannister who was murdered by the Karstarks. Uh, so there isn't a lot of precedence for for characters returning from the dead uh, outside of uh, the Lightning Lord, uh, Beric Dondarrion, and perhaps Lady Stoneheart, if if they indeed decide to do, do that. And as I mentioned in the outset, at uh, episode 410 at the two-hour, 26-minute mark, I actually talk about some of the tinfoil theories about the true identity of the High Septon. So if you're interested in that, you can look up that uh, Game of Thrones episode 410 from last season. He continues, uh, I'd like to hear what you guys think. Uh, who will not survive the season? Either main characters or supporting ones. Also, any chance we get to see old characters make an appearance this season? Such as Gendry, Jaqen, etc. The reason I ask is from the trailer. It looks like Jamie is fighting some sort of Dornish woman. Jorah has turned into the gladiator while Danny looks on from the stands. Grey Worm getting kissed by Missandei Looks like that's the last kiss he'll ever get. On the wall, someone is getting the Red Woman treatment. God, I hope it's not Master Eamon. It'll probably be even sadder than watching Master Lewin go. What are the odds any of these characters make it through this season? Hmm. You're asking a lot of uh spoilery questions for a lot of uh and, and a lot of uh, unspoiled non-reader kind of ways. This is why I put it in the spoiler section. And I'm not sure I can 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 answer all that. Uh I don't know what's going on with Jamie fighting the Dornish women. I presume uh that this is one of the sand snakes, one of uh, Oberyn's daughters that we're going to be introduced to and this is part of some kind of plot or betrayal uh going on over that side. As far as uh, Jorah, he is a gladiator in the books, but you know, his story kind of only progresses so far in dance of dragons and, you know, him being a gladiator is kind of it. So we still don't know whether he's able to get in the good graces of Danny or not. Um, The gray worm and Sandy stuff is all manufactured stuff based on a little bit of background details about the unsullied uh, need for a woman's comfort. If not, you know, sex, at least the ability to, to, have an intimate relationship and the, the warmth of human contact and human touch and, and to, you know, be loved. So I don't know where they're going with that. Um, I'm assuming up on the wall, we're going to see the subterfuge take place where they look like they're burning uh Mance Raider, but in, in, in actuality, they're burning Rattleshirt, and that Mance is going to dance or uh, going to dress up and pretend to be Rattleshirt for a time. Although I've heard that they're removing that part of the plot. Uh, I I heard rumors that they're taking out the Mance Raider section of him going to Winterfell uh, as as the bard and trying to rescue, as it turns out, fake Arya. So I don't have a lot of guidance. It's a lot of the questions you're asking don't really have clear book answers. So we'll have to kind of see together uh, how this all works out. A guy by the name of Scotland said, do you think they will reintroduce Kevin Lannister? I think they need to because he has a lot of important scenes and feasts and especially dance. Yes, I do. Um, He might be recasted because that seems to be something the Double D's do. He's never had a major role. I think he might have only had one speaking role in a war council way back in season two. So I definitely think they could could recast him uh, as somebody that looks like maybe a slightly kinder gentler version of Tywin uh who might not be as impressive, who looks like the kind of brother that would be passed over, but he has uh you know a presence uh all his own. Um or a certain presence of his own. But again, I not not really sure and and I think that they don't really need him cuz he's kind of like the false hope for Westeros. He's the one that rides in, and everyone thinks, oh, he's going to be the one that sets the king's landing to right, and he's going to be the hope for Westeros, that uh, he can shepherd him through an ear- uh, this this late fall, early winter period, and, and maybe things won't be too bad. And then, of course, he gets killed, and that whole apple cart gets turned over. Well, if they just let Cersei keep fucking things up, they don't need to introduce that false hope. So the laws and narrative economy being what they are they could just excise that whole plot pretend it doesn't existed and we really don't lose much from as a show watcher uh, point of view but another interesting thing to see if they if they rework that donnie from columbus georgia said you mentioned in one of the spoiler sections about the witch that was supposed to save cal drogo giving a prophecy of his return let me stop and say i'm not a book reader only one who doesn't give a shit about spoilers i actually love them Anyway, I can't remember exactly the prophecy, other than certain things have to happen before his quote-unquote return. Could it be that when Danny gets Prego by whomever and she rides her dragon, that this is Drogon's uh, or Drogo's return? Could it be that when Danny burned Drogo, his spirit went into Drogon? Think about it. Cal Drogo returns as Cal Drogon. Drogon is his own dragon, temperamental, does his own thing, and gives no shits about anyone else as a Dothraki and the, uh, as a Dothraki and a cow would do. He says, food for thought. I quite like this theory. Uh, I And I don't think there's any text, or at least none that I can think of offhand to support it. But there's three dragons, and there's three people that lost their life as a direct result of this person's blood magic. And it would be interesting if Danny's, uh you know, unborn, misshapen child, uh, Rago, one of the dragons inherited his spirit or power, uh, one of the dragons got uh Dro uh Caldrogo's Drogo's spirit and power, and one of them got the witches, uh uh Miri Mir Draz, whatever her name is, got uh, her spirit as well. Which you know it's like oh, okay, what's the point? It would be interesting in so far as what if one of the dragons actually turns out to betray D- Danny in some way, and that's significant for that plot point and it comes it, it turns out that that fulfills you know a little bit of this this prophecy and makes that you know blood magic sacrifice more significant again i don't think there's direct evidence uh to support this theory but i think it's interesting enough that i'm going to do a little bit of digging and seeing what i can find out for next week that's all the um actually new material I've got. I do want to backpedal a little bit from what I said last week in that I have had a bunch of uh, uh, personal issues and some fe- family health issues that I've been uh, struggling with for the past week or two. And I still have a ton of podcasts um, in addition to Game of Thrones and Mad Men. we're still wrapping up Justified and Better Call Saul. I don't know that I'm going to be able to get the video version of one of the reworked tin foil uh, sections from last week done this week. and I don't know that I'm gonna be able to do a video version of that each and every week for the first couple weeks. Um, I'm still gonna do the spoiler cast on Fridays that will have a full tin foil uh, uh, theory. Again, if you have a tin foil theory that you're aware of that you'd like for me to consider, please email that in to Game of Thrones at baldmove.com because as I mentioned, I have five or six of them in mind that I'm doing research on but some of them are really serious, silly. I gave, I, I held off on doing the really silly ones that I, ironically, I, I thought that was going to be most of the tinfoil theories last year. And it turns out that I kind of sp- spent most of the time talking about the more long form, serious ones, but we're going to be scraping a little bit of the bottom of the barrel. We're going to be talking about uh, some of the silly Bingen stark theories. We're going to be talking about some of the th- silly, uh, Varys theories like, you know, uh, Varys is a merman, that kind of thing. Varys is Ilio's lover. Aegon is the bastard child of Ilio and, uh, Varys. There's a lot of really out there stuff, a lot of crazy tinfoil theories that I'm going to have to start considering unless we get, uh, some of the true Valerian foil, um, which, you know, I'm, I'm hunting up right now, but, uh, again, I really expected us to have the winds of winter out. I also have the um, the world of ice and fire, not a giant encyclopedia type volume that Martin released in um, accordance with a couple of other writers and editors that has a little bit of information. Um, but you know, the final analysis on that that the, there wasn't a lot of relevant kind of tinfoil stuff to that. It's more interesting, honestly. The best stuff is the mythology behind westeros and the history uh leading up to where we are at the books it's it's like you know if you want to know a bunch of stuff about what happened in the egg the Duncan egg series if you want to know about the original dance of dragons if you want to know about uh, the targaryen conquest and the history of the northmen and the history of dorne and uh a lot especially a history of the peoples of essos and uh the 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 valerian empire things like that it's super interesting but it's not super relevant to the the books and the the plots going forward maybe if people are interested i could do some historical segments instead of the tin foil if we run out of that material um but like i said if you've got some that you you know i just posted the archive and again that's on our forums if you go through that and you see something that I haven't uh, discussed and it's again if it's a you know bingeon stark equals cold hands or bin stark equals Dario not Ni- Ni- if it's uh, Varus equals a mermaid I've got I got a good handle on that stuff um, and maybe next week I'll talk about some of the tentative topics that I've got um, so but but if you've got anything in addition to that I haven't paid a lot of attention to reddit I started paying attention to right Red about six weeks ago, but there's a big couple month gap where I was focusing on other things. So if a tinfoil thing slipped in there and I didn't see it, um, and you've been on the forums and participating uh, since last year, uh, clue me in on that. Send it into Game of Thrones at baldmove.com. Super pumped for this weekend. I can't wait to see what actually happens. I'm I'm very anxious to actually get to the end of this series because uh, I, I feel like I'm gonna be holding my breath a lot as a as a book fan. Uh, and there's going to be a lot of confusion, uh, probably a lot of fear, uncertainty and doubt, uh, undoubtedly a lot of anger based on from what relatively minor changes have provoked in the fan base uh, in previous seasons past. So I'm going to be super interested in this from a social experiment standpoint, uh, from a fan of the book standpoint, and from a fan of good television. It's going to be super exciting. Look forward to talking to you again next week. And until then, I'm Aaron. See you then.